podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to the Game Week 11 review episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. What a game week we have just experienced. I'm recording right after the Tottenham-Chelsea game on Monday night, which itself was one of the craziest games of football I have ever watched. I feel sorry for those who didn't get to catch it live. It was absolute chaos. I'm seeing managers post their scores at the end of the game week. Some managers out there have scored a total of 10 or 11 points. I have been playing this game forever and I don't think I remember a game we quite like this one so if you've had a bad one it's it's one of those common phrases in FPL but it probably is a good week to have a bad game week because the majority of managers have struggled there basically wasn't too many points out there to be had let's hope game week 12 is a better one before the international break Saturday deadline this week 11 a.m uk time 90 minutes before Wolves versus Tottenham there's European games midweek, and with quite a few yellow flags in a lot of teams this week, it's a good one to be patient with. Wait until Friday for your transfers if you can. In today's episode, a quick review of how the troops performed. We'll check if there's any new members join the club, update the watch list, highlight a few stats that caught my eye, listener questions answered, and we'll finish with an early look at captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 12. There will be another episode on Friday after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that one. A quick review of Game Week 11. I somehow came out of the carnage with a green arrow. 35 points went from 541k to 428k, so that feels pretty good when a lot of people got red arrows this week. I did suffer transfer pain, though. Wasn't sure what to do with the transfer last week. In hindsight, should have just rolled it. Should have kept Trippier. I brought in Shimakas for Trippier, and of course he was benched, so nine points down I think I was on that transfer, possibly even eight if Shimakas, I can't remember, I think Shimakas did get one point, yeah he did, so I think it's eight points down on the deal, and now I don't have Trippier for Bournemouth, so I think if I'm reflecting on that transfer, I think I was on tilt last week, I had a terrible game week 10, I was close to wildcarding a couple of times last week and I, f- I probably just overmanaged things a bit last week. But again, you know, Trippier had the fixture against Arsenal, I did expect Arsenal to score and I did not expect Schimakas to be benched and I also expected Liverpool to get a clean sheet against Luton. So everything that could have went wrong with that transfer did go wrong but hopefully long term Schimakas comes back in and Trippier doesn't do too much over the coming game weeks. So yeah, 35 points. The points came from Johnston in goal with nine. He's been a hero so far this season. Elsewhere, Jared Bowen on the score sheet with seven and Anthony Gordon getting that winner against Arsenal as well. And again, I have to put my hands up here. If I wildcarded last week, Gordon and Bowen would have would have left the team. Uh, Johnston would have stayed, but I certainly would have lost those two. And had I have wildcarded last week, I would have been like many others, and I would have had an absolute shocker this game week. So blanks elsewhere for Cash, Gabriel, Shimakas, Madison off injured tonight, Salah, Alvarez, Captain Haaland, and Ollie Watkins. So big performances required next game week from those guys who disappointed in game week 11. <laughs> 
unfortunately there is no new members joining the 59th Minute Club this week, but there is an awful lot of notable mentions. Again, crazy game week, and a lot of that was down to the minutes that some players got. Erling Haaland's off at half-time for a captaincy blank. Dan Byrne also off at half-time. Looks like he's going to be out for a couple of months now, so bad news for the Newcastle defence. Flecken, the Brentford goalkeeper, also off at half-time, so Strakosha came on. I think I've seen somewhere that that might have been a dead leg. Um, I might be getting my injury news mixed up here, but I did read somewhere that Flecken, whatever happened, is not too serious. Colwell also off at half-time with a yellow card, so that's probably a zero-pointer. And then the Tottenham guys, Van de Ven, hamstring injury, very similar to Neto a couple of weeks ago. He only managed 45, as did Madison, who looks to have an ankle injury. And then the Tottenham defenders, Romero, 32 minutes, red card, minus four. And Udogi, already on a yellow, makes a silly challenge on Sterling, gets 54 minutes and also a minus four. They just sum up the game week, those two guys. 58 minutes for Matty Cash for his zero pointer. Also a potential injury niggle there. 60 minutes, the lucky boys who just about made it. Townsend, Kalajic, Saar and Kulisevsky. Callum Wilson only managed 61 minutes. Evan Ferguson, 67. Ferguson still has played just 90 minutes once this season. He's a very tempting punt this week with two very good fixtures. But we just can't rely on him for minutes, which is very frustrating. And finally, a player that I own, Julian Alvarez. Another frustrating one at the weekend. 70 minutes, City score, 6 goals. But Alvarez gets nothing and only 70 minutes. As always, at the weekend, keep an eye on those clocks in Game Week 12. Watch list updates ahead of the next game week. Actually haven't removed any players following the weekend's action. Quite a few players added though. First of all, defenders Lascelles, who's only 4 million at Newcastle. Now that they've got defensive issues, Lascelles looks pretty secure. Sounds like Botman could be out for longer than anticipated as well. So Lascelles, a nice cheap route into the Newcastle defence. Bournemouth next, couple of tricky fixtures. But after that, I think Lascelles will probably become popular. If you're looking for some bench improvement, which I am. I've got Gusto and Bayer. Bayer played, made a big mistake. Gusto came off the bench, so I need something stronger on my bench for my defenders, especially now that I own Shimika. So someone like Lascelles is quite attractive. Trippier added straight back to the watch list. Owned them for four or five game weeks. Sold them last week. Feel bad about that already. Going to miss him for the Bournemouth game. Hopefully he doesn't do too much. And open to getting him back after those trickier Newcastle fixtures. Also added Saliba. So if there is an issue with Matty Cash, a few initial reports seem to think there's nothing too serious there, but we need information from Europe this week to see if he's involved and also comments from Emery. If Matty Cash was to miss out, then someone like Saliba is attractive. I've already got Gabriel and I wouldn't mind doubling up on the Arsenal defence for their good run of fixtures. So that's why Saliba has been added. If I'm looking for a cash replacement later in the week, Mitchell and Gehi have been added to the watches from Crystal Palace. I'm a Johnston owner, another clean sheet, three or four good fixtures to come for Crystal Palace as well. So if I've got Johnston, the way I'm thinking about it, a lot of people will probably move to Johnston or they'll move to a Gehi or a Mitchell this week. So I don't mind doubling down and getting that extra piece of the Crystal Palace defence. On to midfielders added Doku for obvious reasons. 
My thoughts are with Adam from the Above Average FPL podcast who sold Doku this week and he single-handedly outscored his team. That is one to be framed as well, like many others this week. Kudus has been added from West Ham, goal and an assist. Just a cracking player. I, I'm, a, I'm a Jared Bone owner, but I think Kudus could emerge as a very good FPL pick as the season develops. I still probably would go for Bowen. He's doing the business, more proven, more reliable, but you know that goal in particular that Kudus scored certainly t- certainly took note of that one. Another midfielder added from Crystal Palace, their talisman Eze is back, came off the bench and set up Mitchell for the goal to get an assist. So Eze, once he's back up to full speed, hopefully we'll see him back in the starting 11 this weekend. Another option to throw into the mix around the 6 million price bracket. A couple of forwards added as well. Edward from Crystal Palace, so that's four Crystal Palace players added this week. Again, mainly because of their upcoming fixtures. And I like for Edward that Eze is back now to create chances. Nice cheap forward if you're looking to enable other things. And Awanyi is also back for Nottingham Forest. Not on the score sheet, but we know he went on a crazy run in the last season and the start of this season. He's got goals in him. And if Forest can improve after that win against Aston Villa, Awanyi's another cheap forward for us to consider. So that's the watch list updated ahead of my transfer decisions later in the week. A few stats now that caught my eye from Game Week 11. As always, they're from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Jump in there after the end of each game week to see what the numbers are telling me and what stands out. So defenders, first of all, Trent Alexander-Arnold, six chances created. Luca Dean at Aston Villa, healthy numbers with four chances created. He does have competition now from the fit again Moreno though, so that will give me pause on buying Luca Dean. And Charlie Taylor, those of you who picked him up a few weeks ago on a wild card in particular, two chances created, so that's exactly what you want to see from your bench option. Midfielder numbers, Doku and Martinelli. Five chances created at the weekend. Martinelli's an interesting differential if you can't afford Saka for this Burnley fixture. Diaby at Aston Villa and Huang at Wolves. Both players created four chances. I still think Diaby's a good option. Disappointed at the weekend. Huang, I think he did pick up an assist in the end. There was a review on that one. Again, probably still a fine pick at his price tag. Mo Salah created three chances two of which were big chances. I'm guessing that was for Darwin Nunes. Kudus had four goal attempts, three shots in the box. Mbumo had four goal attempts, one big chance. Mbumo was fantastic again in that game. Should have came, came away with more than just an assist. Two difficult fixtures next for Mbumo, but I'm certainly eyeing up a move from, I think it's around game week 13 or game week 14. Bruno Fernandes had three shots on target, if you still have him. I'm not going to say well done, but well done on getting his points. And he does have Luton at home next, so an outside shout for a captain for this upcoming game week. I'm not going to suggest anyone does that, though, playing in that United team. Jared Bowen, I recorded this stat before the Chelsea-Tottenham game. Jared Bowen was the top midfielder for expected goal involvement in game week 11 with 1.02, but Cole Palmer outscored him on that metric with 1.20 mainly thanks to that penalty. Saka, when I was looking at the numbers, I've heard a few people you know, mentioning Saka's numbers recently, so I had a look for myself. Bukayo Saka has had just one shot in the last three matches, but fixtures did include Newcastle and Chelsea. There was a Sheffield United game in there as well, but I'm not overly concerned. To me, small sample size. I like looking at the bigger picture. 
for the season, Bukayo Saka is third among midfielders for expected goal involvement with 7.03. The only players who are ahead of him in terms of midfielders are Mo Salah and Brian Mbumo. So I don't have Saka and he's still right up there as one of my top transfer priorities this week ahead of the good run of fixtures. I might have a decision to make though. It could come down to Saka versus Son, which I'll come to later. On the forwards, Julian Alvarez, four chances created. He always creates a decent amount of chances, partly due to the corners. He took 11 corners at the weekend. Doesn't always swing them in, but he's heavily involved in that in those phases of play. Darwin Nunes, nine goal attempts. No other forward had more than three shots. Again, I recorded this, I noted this down before the Chelsea game. I'm sure Nicholas Jackson had about six shots and a few shots as well that were probably varred as well. Darwin, nine goal attempts, five shots in the box, three big chances and an XG of 0.9. So really should have been in the point. Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick Patreon plug. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Not only do you support me, you'll get extra content throughout the season, eye test podcasts, live streams, Q&As, team reveals, and plenty more. On to the questions ahead of Game Week 12. First one came in from Top Bins with Twins. While Game Week 11 has been a historically bad week for the majority of FPL managers, can you recall a week that was worse? Whether it's personally or the overall average, it truly does feel like we're having one of the worst FPL game weeks to date. That question actually came in before the Tottenham game as well. Just when we thought it couldn't get any worse, the two boys get sent off. Son and Madison blank. It was absolute carnage. Um... I don't. I, I have been playing FPL since day one. I think it was two thousand two, two thousand three. Maybe not as seriously in those first couple of years because I was, you know, a, a young teenager. But even then, I can't remember a game like this. It's 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 absolutely crazy. You know, for for managers to score ten or eleven points, how is that even possible? You know, you put eleven players on the pitch every week, and a captain. If they all turn up, if they all get to sixty minutes, you're on twenty four points. If none of them get yellow cards. But we know FPL is not that straightforward. So you got to just take it on the chin. And it certainly is the worst game week in my memory. Personally, I think my worst was probably... There's a 19-pointer that always stands out probably four or five years ago. Uh, and I, I think the 19-pointer was in a week when a lot of other managers did well, which is which is even worse. You know, At least this week, nobody's absolutely smashing it out of the park. The local stigmatic, similar comments here... Lots of FPL managers are on tilt this week, but if you started this game week with the top 11 FPL assets in the game at the time of writing, so this was before the Spurs game, you'd be sat on just 25 points, less than the average of 27. So Vicario, Trippier, Anderson, Ben White, Salah, Son, Madison, Saka, Haaland, Alvarez and Watkins. Is this game week simply a lesson to remain calm, not rip up the long-term blueprint and remember how big a role luck still can play in top level sport yeah hits the nail on the head here there will be a lot of managers on tilt this week you know if, you, if you're wondering what tilt is if you're not familiar with the term i think it's a poker term mainly you know after a, a run of bad luck or, or bad outcomes you can you're more likely to make bad decisions basically so don't 
go on the offensive this week. Don't rip up the squad. Don't wildcard if your team doesn't need it. Don't make rage transfers early in the week. Let the Champions League play out. Let the other European competitions play out. Get the press conference updates, which are very important this week. You know, Haaland went off. Cash went off. There's a lot of players. Madison. We need information this week. So don't worry about price changes because it could get to Friday and we could be ripping up our teams. It could be three or four injuries for us to deal with. So stay calm. And what the stigmatic says here, don't rip up the long-term blueprint. I say it all the time. The teams out there this week that scored 11 points on paper, absolutely fine. The same team next week could score 51, 61, 71. You just don't know. So don't panic. Most of us are in the same boat this week with a with a disappointing game week or at least not a super high-scoring game week. So you know, from one game week to the next, things can change very, very quickly. And there is obviously a big role you know, luck plays a big role in top levels, not just top level sport, but certainly in this game that we play. We set up our teams every week with high expectations and luck and variance, whatever you want to call it. It's out of our control and these game weeks can happen at any time. So don't panic is the main advice. Sit in your hands, come back to it on Thursday or Friday and go into game week 12 optimistic without having ripped up your squad. Question from Dries, is it time to ditch Haaland and or Salah? in search of a more balanced team, for example, hedging our bets rather than having all eggs in two baskets. I still feel it's fine to have these two players. Yes, they're the most expensive picks in the game, but you know, City just scored six goals. If Haaland's on the pitch, second half, good chance he gets a couple. Salah, again, underlying numbers were pretty good. Luton put in a good performance, but you know, Liverpool, I think, are ticking along quite nicely this season. Uh, you know, players like Zaboslai have, have made a big difference to that attack. If Darwin could just start finishing a few of those chances that Salah's great from, that would help as well. But I'm not concerned. I own both, and I still think at the moment it's absolutely fine to keep them. Obviously, keep an eye out for an update on Haaland. I think he was pictured in training today, though, which is Monday, so it looks like he might be involved in the Champions League midweek. So that's good news. Hopefully, one less issue for us to deal with. Question from Historian FPL, and I hope Historian FPL is putting this game week into his, his files, being the historian that he is. Is Saka in for Madison ahead of the Arsenal fixture run a no-brainer free transfer? Again, this question actually came in before the Tottenham game, before Madison went off injured. So if there is an injury to Madison, hopefully we do get an update on that towards the end of the week. It was an odd one. You know, we went down, you know, looked like a possible, possibly looking for a penalty. And also possibly maybe just trying to kill a bit of time because the game was quite chaotic at that time. It was just after red card. But, but then he did come off. So there obviously has to be an issue because I don't think he would have came off if he was okay. So if there's a Madison injury, Madison to Saka is an absolute no-brainer if you already own the likes of Youngman's son, maybe Salah as well. For me, it's not as straightforward because I, I can afford both Son and Saka this week because selling Trippier last week has given me 2.1 million in the bank. But certainly, like I said earlier, Saka is a high priority for me for this Burnley game. Saka to Madison, sorry, Madison to Saka is going to be a very popular transfer this week, regardless of whether Madison is okay or not. Question from FPL Ukraine. What are my thoughts on Alvarez to Inketia? So this was something I was kind of weighing up before Game Week 11 happened. When I sold Trippier to Shimakas, one thing I was kind of looking ahead to Game Week 12 was, you know, really attacking the Arsenal fixtures. And one way to do that was going to be 
downgrading Alvarez to Enketia, and that would have allowed me to do Gordon to Saka. Now, things change. Gordon scored. Gordon's got Bournemouth next. And I do have cash from to go from Madison to Saka or Son. So those couple of things happening probably means I will keep Gordon. And then the question is, do I keep Alvarez or do I take a minus four to go from someone like to go to someone like Inketia? So Inketia's performance wasn't overly encouraging against Newcastle, but again, not going to put too much weight on that fixture because it was a tricky one. And I do expect Inketia to do well when the fixtures do improve, which they do now against the likes of Burnley. So Alvarez to Inketia, you know, let's say you're thinking about it for a free transfer. The fixtures look like for Arsenal. Burnley, Brentford, Wolves, Luton, that's pretty good as a four. Alvarez has Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Aston Villa. So in terms of fixtures, Arsenal are well on top there. But obviously Manchester City, a very good team and Alvarez is having a very good season. So I'm going to I'm going to find it quite hard to sell Alvarez. But again, the fact that he just blanked and he played 70 minutes, I will be quite tempted to make the switch to Inketia. Probably a minus four for me, so I'll give it a lot of thought. If it was a free transfer, I would obviously find it a lot easier to do. But again, let's see what happens in the European competitions before making a call on that one. FPL Tom asks, which of Diaby or Watkins would you get rid of? I'm tempted to hold them for the next few game weeks, but Villa's fixtures turn in game week 15, so I don't know how feasible it is to have double Villa attack. What I would say here is don't panic too much after Aston Villa's defeat to Nottingham Forest. Overall, Villa have been fantastic this season, and I expect them to bounce back. Diaby still had good underlying numbers. I think it was four chances created. Watkins always looks likely to score these days. The fixtures for Villa, Fulham next, so definitely keep Diaby and Watkins for that one. Tottenham then, which is obviously tricky, but they are going to be missing Udogi, Van de Ven's injured, Romero. They may, I'm trying to think, they might not be missing Udogi because it was two yellows, but certainly Romero and Van de Ven. So it's going to be a makeshift centre-back pairing for Tottenham when Villa meet them, so maybe you do keep them for that one. And it's Bournemouth afterwards, so Fulham, Tottenham, Bournemouth. I think it's absolutely fine to keep Diaby and Watkins for those. But it's after that. It is giving 15, I think, Man City and Arsenal back-to-back. So you probably don't want to arrive at the Manchester City fixture with three Aston Villa assets if you've got Mary Cash as well or maybe a Douglas Louise or someone like that or look at Dean. So fine for, I would say, the next three game weeks, but you might want to look to slowly come off them before Man City and Arsenal. Question from Scott Simpson. What to do with Shimakas? I think we just keep him. Especially if you've got you know a decent fourth option on your bench that you can use from time to time. I don't currently have that, but I do think Shimakas will still play the majority of games. I'm not going to say he's going to play every one from now on. Gomez is a very decent option for Klopp to use at left back. Maybe, maybe he was kind of using this as preparation that Gomez might play the Manchester City game. Possibly, I've seen a few people mention that. But again, all eyes on Europe this week. We can see what we can take away from that in terms of minutes in that position in the Liverpool team. But I'm hopeful that Schimakis will come back in at home to Brentford. And maybe if we are concerned about him, maybe we just keep him for Brentford and then maybe look to sell when they do face Manchester City. If we don't want the headache every week, then maybe we do just let him go. But I think I'm just going to give him one more week, reassess it, and then be open to selling them when Liverpool play play City the week after so that'll be after the international break question from Keith Masters is Tino Livermento an option with the Dan Burn injury so I think he certainly is Livermento can play left back or right back Trippier can play left back or right back so I think it mainly will be Trippier and Livermento 
as the fullbacks. Now, they do have Lewis Hall as a left-back option as well. But I think the good thing about Livermento is he can certainly play both sides. So I think he'll he'll get more minutes than Hall. Uh, we've seen Livermento come on. Howe was full of praise for him. Again, let's see what happens midweek. There's there's so many injuries now at Newcastle. I think they've only got about 16 of a squad and, and the rest are kids. So Livermento is an option, but there's there's still enough you know rotation risk there for me. I would just call Lascelles, I think, you know cheaper as well. Only about 4 million. Um, but hopefully Livermento does emerge as an option because certainly a couple of years ago, before a serious injury, he was a, he was when he burst onto the scene. First of all, I think it was at Southampton. He was a very interesting. I think he was a four million defender at the time, and a lot of us had him in our teams. So hopefully, hopefully we get that Livermento back in the near future. The fixtures for Newcastle: Bournemouth next, good. Chelsea, Manchester United, Tottenham, not easy. Everton. And I've got Tottenham down there twice. They definitely don't have Tottenham twice. So it's Bournemouth, Chelsea, Man United, Tottenham and Everton. I think that's the next five. So it's not, doesn't scream clean sheets to me. And also, I don't like the fact that Byrne and Bottman are injured either. You know, two very key aspects of that team. Final question is from Mikael. Shimakis Benchin, Byrne and Cash potential injuries. Taylor playing for Burnley. What to do with defenders in FPL this season? Is it even worth fixing with transfers? And who would you choose as the best options for the upcoming game week? So, yeah, I mean, if you've got issues, certainly don't ignore it. Do use your transfers if you want to get points and hopefully you can find them somewhere. I think the place to go for defenders is probably Arsenal. You know, Gabriel, Saliba, you know, secure minutes. I wouldn't pay for Ben White. It's just a little bit too expensive. Newcastle, again, Lascelles, Shar, uh, Trippier. I did have Tottenham noted down here, but that was before the game tonight. So wouldn't be in a rush to get Tottenham defenders now. Poro always looks good. He was actually taking a lot of set pieces after Madison went off. But are you going to get clean sheets if they're missing their two main centre-backs? Possibly not. And Crystal Palace, I still think, is a good place to go. The likes of Gahey and Mitchell. I don't think you need to pay for Anderson now. He's gone up quite a bit in price. So I'd save a few pennies and go for Mitchell or Gahey. So that's the questions covered. On to captaincy and transfers now. When I'm making my captaincy notes for the podcast on the the Word document that I work of when I'm when I'm recording, I don't think I've ever noted down so many captaincy candidates on the document as I have for Game Week Twelve. So you've got Haaland if he's fit away to Chelsea. So on paper, not the easiest fixture. You've got Salah and Darwin at home to Brentford. Those two are decent options. Salah in particular. Not sure I'd want to trust Darwin with the armband. It's hard to trust him even just to own him these days. The One of the best fixtures is for Arsenal at home to Burnley. So Saka is a very good captaincy candidate, although his numbers haven't been great in the last couple of games. If you wanted to try something different, you could go for a Martinelli or an Enketia captaincy this week. You've got Son against Wolves away. You've got Watkins at home to Fulham. That's interesting. Bowen's at home to Forest. Bruno Fernandes is at home to Luton. Matoma, if you own him or if you're buying him, is at home to Sheffield United. And you could even go for a Wilson or a Gordon away to Bournemouth. So the fixtures match up very nicely for a lot of the key assets in FPL. I have no idea yet where I'm going to land on the captaincy. If I if I buy Saka, I think there's a very good chance I'll go there. If I end up buying Son instead of Saka, there's a chance I go there. Watkins has been great this season. Yes, he's blank recently, but that's a very good fixture at home to Fulham. I think he's a perfectly viable captaincy candidate. And depending on Haaland's fitness, 
maybe I just stay there for the Chelsea game. Although, again, I'm just looking at these names. Salah at home to Brentford, to me, is right up there as well. So I'm not going to dwell on the captaincy. I'm going to wait to see what happens midweek. And we'll go into captaincy in a lot more detail on Friday's episode. I'll put out a poll on Twitter as well. And we'll gauge to see what the community are thinking. The bus team at the moment, before any transfers are made, for game week 12, Johnson and goal. Cash, hopefully, is all right. Gabriel has a good fixture. Shimakis hopefully, starts. Salah, Madison. So, need to see what happens with Madison. But an easy sell if he's injured. Gordon and Bowen are probably going to survive. Up front, Haaland, Alvarez and Watkins. So, there is a slight temptation to lose Alvarez. But in the end, I probably won't do it for a hit. I can't see myself going Alvarez to Enketia for a hit unless it feels right on Friday. So it's probably at this stage on current information, if cash is okay, if I think Shimika starts at the weekends, it's probably Madison out to Saka or Sun. So I've noted down a few transfer options here. If all of those guys are okay, if cash is okay, if Haaland's okay, and if it is Madison, if he is injured, and even if Madison's okay, I'll be tempted to lose him anyway. 2.1 million in the bank, one free transfer, Players of note that I'm interested in, Matoma for some very good fixtures, Madison straight swap to Saka or Son, I think that's probably the most obvious one, it's just choosing which of Saka or Son to get, or do I play the wildcard and get both of them, unlikely, I keep talking about the wildcard every week, I'm trying to keep that to a minimum, really don't see myself doing it this week, unless all of those guys, you know, Cash, Madison, Haaland, if there's Shimakis concerns, it would need it would take a lot for me to wildcard, but again, there's a lot up in the air at the moment. Something else I probably mentioned earlier, minus four to get Saka and Nketiah for Gordon and Alvarez, but I obviously won't be doing that one if there's a Madison issue. Instead of Nketiah, I am also tempted by Evan Ferguson for Sheffield United and Nottingham Forest, maybe a short-term punt. So, a lot to cover again on Friday. Like I said, we need a lot of information this week and... I will have you a lot better prepared for Game 12 on Friday's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this one. Have a great week. Enjoy the Champions League. Don't make any transfers. And I'll talk to you again Friday afternoon. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Anyone who does buy me a coffee these days gets a link to my FPL Discord. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.